brought to you by Nacho. Hello, and welcome to Payments SmartCast, Nacho's podcast channel featuring discussions of interest to the payments community. Today, we're joined by Mike Hurd, Nacho's Senior Vice President of ACH Network Administration. Mike is here to chat about meaningful modernization, a package of new NACHA operating rules going into effect this September. Mike, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Let's, uh, let's start with the basics. Uh, meaningful modernization, it's, it's certainly a catchy, alliterative term, but, but what does it mean? Well, uh, meaningful modernization means that we are updating um, several areas of the NACHA rules. Uh, to account for and accommodate uh, new technologies and channels and processes uh, in the way that uh, businesses uh, and other organizations interact with consumers um, to conduct commerce and to initiate uh, payments. Uh, it, meaningful modernization also means that there are several areas of the rules that are being updated that regard. Uh, processes that occur between financial institutions uh, with respect to ACH payments. So NACHA has been uh, very focused for a while uh, on the uh, end user experience with ACH and these are some of the areas that are uh, have been identified by our members and others in the industry uh, that would be fruitful for modernization. Okay so can Mike can you give us a, a couple of examples of, of things that will be changing, things, things that might affect uh, you know, a large percentage of, of ACH network users? Well, sure. Uh, there are several uh, new options that will be uh, accommodated for uh, in the new rules when they go into effect. Um, I say options uh, because they're not mandatory uh, for businesses uh, or other organizations to use. Um, but those that want to uh, will be able to take advantage of them. These are new frameworks, uh, again, for how uh, businesses can authorize and initiate consumer ACH payments that are often um, part of or embedded into um, new types of technology channels or services. So the two uh, new options that are being defined um, in the rules, uh, one is called a standing authorization, uh, which is uh, an enrollment that allows for future payments um, as part of a service or a product, um, but that's not on a uh, recurring basis like a, like a monthly bill payment would be. And the second is defined as an oral authorization and making that um, a thing that is separate and distinct just from a telephone call uh, because there are lots of ways now that um, uh, consumers will interact with service providers and businesses using voice technologies uh, when they're not actually or literally um, on the telephone. And then, Michael, on a separate track, um, we've also heard from um, others in the, in the industry, um, especially from our um, originators, the ACH end user community, that um, providing a proof of authorization for a payment can be a burdensome process. And it can also be a frustrating um, process if the payment is just gonna be returned anyway. Um, so in addition to the other changes that I just um, described, another is that um, 
um, end users of the ACH, again, these are the businesses and organizations that originate consumer payments, will have the option simply to agree to accept a return payment instead of um, being required to provide the proof of authorization um, for that payment. And so this could significantly reduce uh, an administrative burden for, for many um, users of the ACH network. All right, you know, I wanna go back for a second. Uh, when you talk about oral authorization, uh, is that that's like uh, Alexa pay my electric bill, right? That's sure, that's that, that's a good and common example that that people use when um, uh, identifying uh, an example of, of what we're talking about. There's a number of those types of services. Um, you know, paying a bill on a uh, you know when I want to basis uh, is also a good an example, but also you know ordering a you know, something from a, an e-commerce provider or transferring funds into a, an online account or a digital wallet um, could also be uh, examples of um, different types of payments and transfers that are, can be enabled by that type of technology. All right. Uh, how is, how are some of these changes going to improve the experience, be it for a financial institution or even just for a regular consumer who, you know, may not know much about ACH, but they know they know they like to pay bills online and do things like that. Yeah, for, for the consumers, I think the the experience is just around how they interact with um, providers and, and service providers and technology companies and billers, and, and that will continue to uh, evolve. But for those, um, you know, those service providers that are using the ACH, this provides a framework for how to uh, um, enable those consumers to authorize, authorize and initiate um, payments. And, you know, Michael, technology changes over time and habits change over time. And, and that's, I'm sure, is going to continue. Uh, what, what we're doing here uh, is trying to provide a framework for these interactions rather than being uh, prescriptive about you have to do it this way or or you can't do it that way. So um, trying to trying to put out these rules in a, in a way that are accommodative of future evolutions um, of these types of technologies and channels and business models that um, that um, are being used. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of this things like Alexa and Siri, these were not envisioned, much less available, just, just a few years ago. So meaningful modernization, this will be good. This will carry on for years yeah. to come. Well, I'm sure. I mean, so by analogy, Michael, think about, you know, the fact that when the um, ACH system itself was created, the internet didn't exist but internet initiated payments is one of our largest categories of ACH payment volume now. And, um, you know, the rules have uh, kept up over time, sometimes um, maybe uh, lagging slightly behind, sometimes maybe um, ahead, but in general, keeping pace with uh, what's going on in the, uh, in, the, in the country and out in the economy. And I think this will have, you know, this like a similar type of um, um, evolution uh, as we go forward with um, these changes and how um, how the world is evolving with habits and technologies and processes on, on how they um, conduct commerce and 
and transact and initiate payments amongst themselves. Great. So what, what should financial institutions and others be, be doing now ahead of uh, the September implementation? Well, education on new rule changes is, is always uh, the key. Um, within these rules that are options that um, apply to back office staff, um, for example, um, the, the, the provisioning and the record keeping around proof of authorization. Uh, and there are others that are client facing. So um, ACH product managers, sales officers, um, you know, technology teams um, should be well-versed in these changes and the options that they present to, um, to their clients. And, and it doesn't seem like there's anything here that should really be a heavy lift. Well, um, perhaps not. Um, as, I, as I started out at the top, um, you know, these types of changes are, um, you know, accommodated in the rules, but they certainly are optional in the sense that no one is required to um, utilize uh, those frameworks for authorization or how they initiate payments. So, uh, it's not like somebody has to be um, compliant on day one, um, as might be the case with other types of rules. Um, so in that sense, it's not a heavy lift. Um, but I certainly think in a, in a forward-looking way, I think, uh, you know, part of the, uh, you know, job for financial institutions and their clients is proactively looking out and seeing how um, the marketplace is moving and how, um, customers want to uh, interact and how they want to make payments. And so um, assessing how these types of options and frameworks could be taken advantage of and, you know, planning for the future and making it part of your uh, mix on how you allow your customers to um, um, interact with you and, and initiate payments. So I, I certainly think on a forward-looking basis, there's um, a lot to um, look at and be mindful of and, and, you know, make a decision on, and you know, how you want to take advantage of these types of options. And really just a good example of, of the ACH network being a modern network, right? Well, it really is. Uh, I know in some quarters uh, we get tagged with the uh, legacy or the seventies um, baggage, but uh, you know, there's almost nothing about today's modern ACH network that anyone from the 70s would recognize. Um, so the network and it's um, the rules framework and the technology framework and the business model framework has, has really um, kept pace um, over the years. And I think is um, poised to continue fairly um, robust um, growth and adoption of new use cases um, well into the future. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Well, great. Thank you, Michael.